a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Oh yeah, baby. You know, Mitch. We love your Cougars. Mitch Harper. And welcome in to the Cougar Tracks podcast, powered by KSLSports.com. It's Wednesday, July 20th. The dog days of summer continue to roll on. And today we're looking at BYU basketball. Year four under BYU head coach Mark Pope. What are the expectations for this Cougar basketball program heading into their final year as a member of of the West Coast Conference. We'll, we will catch up with the head coach of the Cougars coming up here shortly. If you're unfamiliar with this program, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at high noon on the KSL Sports YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook pages, the Cougar Tracks podcast airs live. It's also available on all major podcasting platforms and the KSL Sports app. Took a little bit of a vacation the past few weeks. I'm going to go on a trip coming up this weekend to Philadelphia uh, to see some family, help out some some family members there. But then it's ramping up to the BYU football season and then BYU basketball as, oddly enough, we're about only uh, two and a half months away till BYU basketball practices get going. I know that sounds crazy, but Cougar hoops isn't far off. We always tend to think of the countdown, the buildup to football because... Well, football just consumes everyone, everyone's lives, but basketball is around the corner too. And Cougar Hoops has a lot to be excited about heading into this final year in the WCC and the Big 12 Conference. You can follow me on Twitter at Mitch underscore Harper. Follow the show on KSL Sports, all of their social media platforms. So BYU basketball, in the... Offseason, it's been an interesting one. It's one where a lot of Cougar fans were, quite frankly, concerned about the future of BYU hoops. They saw all the players leaving out of the portal, and they thought that was suddenly a doom and gloom situation for the program. 
I always said on this podcast, there's no need to worry. This is now the status quo. I think what we're learning, too, in college athletics, what we once knew of college football, what we once knew of college basketball, those days are gone. I mean, we once knew a world where we didn't have phones strapped up to us at all times. We now can't live without them. We evolve. We change. College basketball is changing. Once upon a time when Mark Pope was a hot shot recruit going to Washington and then transferring from Washington to Kentucky, yeah, that was cause for concern for a program when you lost players to transfers. Or if you lost six or seven guys in one offseason, you would go sound the red flag, sound the alarm. What's wrong with this head coach? Now in college basketball, that's just business as usual. And I always felt that the concern, the what's going on with BYU hoops was much ado about nothing. And you'll hear in my conversation with Mark Pope, there's still a great sense of optimism. There's a lot of reason for excitement for BYU hoops. Now, I believe BYU basketball is probably still a team on the outside of the NCAA tournament this upcoming year. But the thing is that I like about this current roster is that you have a young group that you can maybe build towards the Big 12 Conference. Now, each one of these players, you should always look at just one-year guys. You can't assume anymore that, hey, we'll see this guy in 2026, and he's going to be a four-year BYU program guy. Those days are gone. But I think that if this team has success, and I believe they will have success, that there could be enough reason to build some momentum and have them stay together so where you're having a competitive team in year one of the Big 12 Conference. I've said it all along this offseason. Whatever happens this year, it is what it is. I don't think it's a requirement for this team to make the dance. I think just show enough promise, enough hope, that you're going to be a team next year in the Big 12 that you can be a tough out night in, night out. Because in that league, that's just a gauntlet. And you still have Texas and Oklahoma in the conference. Goodness gracious, that is going to be just a murderer's row of teams. But now, let's play my interview, a summer check-in with the head coach of the Cougars. He'll give you a better breakdown of BYU basketball than I ever could. He's the head man of the Cougars. It's BYU head coach Mark Pope. Here's my conversation with Coach Pope here on the Cougar Tracks podcast. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Doing a summer check-in with the BYU basketball program, and I'm catching up now with the fourth-year head man. Crazy to say that. It's already fourth year. Four years. For Coach Mark Pope. Coach, how you doing, man? Doing so good, man. It's good to see you. It's good seeing you. Uh, You know, I got to ask. I'm always curious. uh, Maybe this, this stems from the fact that I remember back in the day, Bronco Mendenhall used to always say he did he needed a uh, off season surfing trip to kind of re energize and get ready for a new season. Do you have any 
sort of summer off-season trips that are appointment for the Pope family? Um, no, we, we haven't got to the, we, you know, I'm not, I don't have the balance or athleticism to surf. I'm still, I'm still, that's still a bucket list deal I'm going to work on. <laughs> so coach, I, I, how would you summarize this off season? Um, super fun, super exciting. Uh, you know, there's, it's, 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 um, it is, it's just been f- everything changes so fast, right? I think everybody's experienced that in their lives right now, right? Everything changes so fast. Um, changes that used to take decades are taking days now. And and so that certainly is the case with what's happened in athletics. I mean, between the Big 12 uh, coaches meetings, um, you know, a couple of months ago and the WCC meetings a month ago and the NCAA meetings about uh, about – you know, NIL and portal and everybody just trying to figure out, you know, figure out what all that means. It's, um, it's super dynamic and it's super chaotic and it gives the guys who win it, it gives them a chance to be really creative and, and uh, make some new things happen. So it's, it's exciting, man, but you got to stay on your toes. Yeah. And change is sometimes tough for people. And I I think, you know, there, there was times and, and you've always noted that, you love this BYU fan base of how passionate they are. And it's, I think it's, I mean, you correct me, but it feels like that's one of the big reasons why you're at this place. Cause you can win big here. Uh, yeah. But was there ever any times though, when the fans were having all this doom and gloom that you wanted to say, Hey folks, it's going to be okay. Well, it's, it's interesting. Uh, it, it just is what happens. It's, um, man, I hate to make, you know, I hate to make war uh, analogies, but there is this concept. Let's let's take it down a notch. But there's this concept of the fog of war. Um, the other thing that happens is 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 um, you're getting reporting from every human being on the planet. It's not like Mitch. It's not like everybody's going to re- listen to you or read you, right? It's like everyone's jumping on Twitter, and anybody who wants to say anything is news, and so. It actually, there were a couple of times this this spring where it was super fun because the storylines were so off target and off base that I was just like, this is remarkable. Um, but that's all that's all part of it's all part of what makes coaching here great and and what makes being a fan great. And um, I don't actually. I don't know where that's all going to end up, but it is it is changing all the time. It's super new and it's super exciting. Talk with BYU coach Mark Pope here on on KSL News Radio. You, you noted the spring meetings down in Scottsdale at the Big Twelve Fiesta Frolic. How was that? Uh, you know, because I just think of the the coaches that are going to be in that league, and and you join a group of guys like Bill Self, Bob Huggins. I mean, what was that like interacting with those, and maybe just kind of getting a feel for your future home a year away. Well, mostly it was really humbling. Um, you know, this league is like no league maybe in any, not just in basketball, but in, even in any sport. Um, you know, we've, Miss, you've reported on this a lot. We, we work so hard to try and put together quad one games, especially in the non-conference. We end up with these crazy difficult non, non-conference schedules um, to try and pad our resume for the NCAA tournament to give ourselves a chance to kind of see who we are and, and prove who we are if we're good enough. And um, so we were going through the conference schedule, the 18 games. And if we get 
maybe three, maybe three of those 18 games that are not quad ones, the league is really down. It just is, it's staggering. And so, you know, when you think about, there was a point last season where the only, you know, just I think one small window at a time or maybe the only quad one game or one of only two or three quad one games was, was West Virginia at home. So you think in your conference schedule, you're like, the game you have to win, if you want to get one win on the board in that conference, you got to be Bob Huggins of West Virginia in the Marriott Center. That's pretty – I mean, how fun is that? That's super exciting, man, but it's humbling. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I can't wait to, to cover it. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be an exciting time. And, you know, the Big 12 is is always kind of in the center of, of realignment talks. I know realignment tends to have a focus on football, but I'm just curious because – you know, one of the things I, I've I've always enjoyed covering with your program is you just you, you operate in a in a big time sense. You want to have BYU basketball be a big time entity, and you're you're on your way to doing that. But how do you feel the the future of of college hoops is impacted by potential realignment moves? Because you hear people talking about maybe we see the NCAA tournament break off. I mean, just what do you think of everything that's happening in college sports from maybe the realignment perspective? Um, I, it's a lot of lot of uncertainty, right? I do feel like we're in a as stable as a position as we can be in right now, which is crazy to say we're changing leagues after the season. Um, but everything's changing so fast, you know, uh, you know, that's, what's been striking to me is, is the speed at which changes are happening. Um, I mean, congrats to UCLA and USC in the sense that nobody knew. Yeah. Like, how is it that it comes out, it, the news is breaking 12 hours before it's, like, official? I mean, that is just – that's incomprehensible. Um, you know, teams in the league didn't know. I mean, how do you keep something like that under wraps in today's day and age? And um, But things are happening fast. They're happening at warp speed. And so, you know, while we think we have a good sense of uh, what we're going to be doing the next few years, you know, who knows? Uh, and all of it is – I mean, all of it is opportunity. I think sometimes change is super scary. Chaos can, uh, you know, be disorienting sometimes. But at the end of the day, it's just opportunity. It's like fertile soil to to really experience great things. And and so that's how we're looking at it. We're just trying to be as nimble as we can and and enjoy the ride. You note chaos. Some coaches in college basketball have noted maybe the chaotic world of navigating this offseason, the first in the name, image, and likeness era. Last year it took, went into effect on July 1. What's that experience been like for you? How, how would you describe representing BYU in the NIL space and still trying to get a, a roster that can get to the dance? I, I think the most challenging thing about NIL is that, is, that, um, is that everybody is playing by a different set of rules. And when I say that, this is what I mean. is um, One of the complicated things about working in this space right now is is that we there's only four principles that the NCAA has kind of laid out and so everybody has to like there's we're not getting like it's not like um it, it just is everybody's trying to interpret these rules right everybody's trying to interpret what they mean and I think two schools that are really in good faith trying to interpret what these boundaries are can come up with wildly different results, kind of wildly different interpretations of, of, of what the rules mean. Of course, at BYU, we're going to be really cautious and conservative. Um, 
But this has been uh, it, it is a new it, it's a new era. You know, I think coaches are spending uh, this this idea of. I mean, it's so much that's new, right? Um, uh, it, it, that everybody's trying to navigate it, and it's been uh, certainly disorienting. But it's exciting too. I mean, the opportunity these young young in our case these young men have to to profit off of um, to profit share in a sense off of the product that they that they're creating is is pretty exciting it's a great thing do you feel like NIL cuz i don't know maybe maybe i'm i'm wrong here coach but do you feel like NIL maybe has a greater impact on team chemistry in basketball than say other sports because a basketball star just one guy can change everything in basketball does have you seen that maybe early on of of the potential impacts that can have on just creating a team yeah i, I mean yes to all the above, and it's just—I I just don't have a lot of answers right now. I think everybody's exploring. You know, it's one of those places where we just don't have any data points yet. Um, I think you know NIL was introduced last summer as a, as an option, and so everybody kind of chased it in the way that they saw fit, and then um, and then there were massive changes in, in interpretation this spring and this summer uh, in terms of the way people were doing it, um, and and so. Uh, it, it has the potential to have a huge impact for sure. Um, uh, because you're right. It, it, I don't know if it's that different. I mean, you bring in a world-class quarterback, it probably changes the football team. Right. And you, you bring a, uh, you know, um, a world-class setter, uh, you know, it, it maybe it makes a difference in women's volleyball. Right. But, um, but certainly, uh, you know, with the, with the smaller numbers on a basketball roster and only five guys being on the court at the time, there's, there's going to be some really, really interesting dynamics um, in terms of recruiting and managing locker rooms. 24-11 and 11 last year, uh, NIT quarterfinal uh, finish uh, for the team last season. Now Alex Barcelo is gone. Who are the players, coach, that fans maybe should look to that – maybe could emerge as the stars because you've had some star power your first three years. Who could be that face of the program maybe this year? Yeah, first, first let's give a shout-out to Alex Barcelo. What a fun uh, finish to his summer league. Uh, I don't know if anybody caught Zach Selyus uh, last night doing work in the TBT. Love that TBT. But, and, and, you know, Zach put up ridiculous numbers overseas this year. It was like a – you know, I don't know. It was twenty-five and twelve guy. Like it was, it was putting up ridiculous numbers. He's playing great. Um, you know, we've had a lot of great players roll through here in the last three years, and we've had, you know, we've had three consecutive years of veteran, veteran teams, and um, that served us really well. It's been an epic three-year run. This year, our roster is much younger. It feels much younger. I don't know if it's much younger or it's much newer or it's both, but but it is um, it is new and young. And, uh, you know, we, we're going to have some really fun uh, times kind of letting guys rise up uh, on their own and have huge impacts on this game. Of course, uh, you know, our veteran guys you think of uh, that have been here, um, Gideon George, I expect to have a huge uh, season, make a big jump this year. He had an unbelievable practice yesterday. Um uh, Trevin Nell and Spencer Johnson over the last two years both uh, averaged out at forty percent from the three point line, and I've, you know, uh, and, and and making plays in all kinds of other ways. And so those guys have a ton of experience under their belt. Uh, we have high expectations for all of them. Um, we're we're really excited to to uh, 
to get Rudy uh, Williams on campus. He is um, he's a proven veteran, veteran uh, scorer, and uh, and uh, he's going to step into a new role here. And I think Cougar Nation is going to love him. He got a lot of swag and juice. Um, Trey Stewart has had an unbelievable summer, uh, just an incredible summer, and he is working so hard and. Uh, he's going to make an impact for sure on this roster. And then, you know, this front line uh, is smaller than it's ever. Well, not, not ever. Our first year, our front line was tiny, but we have a smaller front line right now. But uh, what Foos and Atiki experienced last year and what they accomplished uh, in games was really special. And so, um, you know, we're, we're, we have a couple guys that we're still waiting on arriving here. Uh, this Noah Waterman, I think, has a chance to be really special. He was a – the 10th most efficient offensive player in the country two years ago um, has a great track record. And uh, the roster will be really fun, but this is the first time. I mean, year one, you're walking in with Yoli, TJ, and Jake. You know, Jake was super proven for me, and TJ and Yo were proven here, and then Zach and Dalton. And year two, you know, there was some uncertainty about Alex Barcelo, but Matt Harms was a proven, proven commodity, and – and um and then year three, you know, you have Alex Barcelo come back as a returning All-American. And, and year four, like, we're young. And so this is going to be super exciting. It'll test our chops and, and maybe at times test our patience. But I think we have a nucleus of a team that if we can stay together over the next two and three years, we have a chance to be incredibly special. Like, I'm talking about big-time, big-time special. And, and you're, you're always big, Coach, on taking a big swing and, and- – yeah. Some of these guys that you added that you were noting, I mean, Noah Waterman, Jackson Robinson, who was once a, a top 70, had the entire Big 12 wanting him. Uh, do you have to almost get, you know, take these swings and, and get those guys maybe out of the portal to put yourself in a position long term to, to contend in the Big how, 12? How great is this? How great is this that I just listed off of 10 guys that didn't mention Jackson Robinson, who has been like, right. I mean, he's been out of this world on the court the last couple of weeks. Uh, he is, you know, him and Gideon um, on the court together is, you know, they're both six six seven one seven two, right? And um, they, they got an unbelievable athleticism. And Jackson off the bounce has been so dangerous the last few days. I mean, how excited are we about him? Is he a guy that could play this year? I know because this is a second undergrad transfer. Yeah, we're, we're expecting he's going to be able to play, but we'll see. We have yeah. to go through the waiver process. And, and um, you know, it, we, we still, you know, it's, where we the middle of July? Is that where we are right now? And and uh, you know we still have a bunch of un, unanswered questions about our roster. Probably won't be finalized until mid August. So again, how things change fast. But yeah, um, I think we're always trying to add great pieces that fit us, right? And um, and that's that's really important. Fit is so important. Uh, we talk about it all the time, and it has really been the hallmark of what we do. A few more moments here with Coach Pope. Uh, appreciate you being so kind with your time here, Coach. Uh, I wanted to touch on you know some other talented young guys that were part of your re- recruiting classes early on when you took over. Dallin Hall, Richie Saunders, Tanner Toulson. Uh, how have they looked coming back from the mission? I, that's always a, a tricky deal because when you mentioned earlier, Trey Stewart is playing well. I mean, last year was probably a, a huge adjustment coming back from that mission. How are the, the RMs coming along? Yeah, so Trey, it was, I don't know, two and a half months ago, three months ago, he said, he's like, man, I finally feel like I'm back to myself. 
And some guys' adjustment is really fast. Some guys' adjustment takes time. Uh, th- th- you, you're talking about three really special young guys. Um, Richie Saunders was back, you know, six weeks earlier than than Tanner and Dallin. Uh, so he's, you know, this on-ramp process is really, really difficult because I force these guys to go so slow. Uh, you know, the first month, Richie was like wandering around the offices, just being like, Hey, can I do this? Can I do that? And it's all of these, no, 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 you can't, you can't do any of that. Uh, Richie, you know, usually it's six, six weeks of, of pretty solid, uh, focused work before I'll even let these guys, um, start playing kind of live three on three. And, um, so they come home so anxious to get to work, especially guys that love the game like these three do. And, and it just is, it just is, um, they're just fighting me all the time, which I love. I'm glad, you know, the alternative is worse, but, uh, Richie Saunders has, you know, fingers crossed. Um, he has, he has, man, his body has responded incredibly well and he, he hasn't had any step back so far and he's going full speed, full practice right now. Uh, you know, two and a half months in and, um, he's been terrific. And so now he just gets to be a freshman and just learn as a freshman. Dallin has kind of slipped his way in now. He just passed the six weeks mark. So he's not allowed to do any five on five live yet, but he is doing some two on two and three on three live and, and really participating in most of our workouts right now. And he's doing well. He's a special talent. I mean, he's, he's, um, you know, I, I think I started admiring him when he was like in sixth grade uh he just has really? this really incredible vision that might be a slight exaggeration <laughs> but he he has he has he has unbelievable vision he has vision like i don't know if i've seen from players in in high school basketball and um he's gonna he's gonna grow into a really really special player here that we're so excited about a guy that um can be a you know stir the drink uh for this program is gonna be really exciting and tanner toolson is is um came back with a little bit of an injury that he's still nursing right now. And so he is, um, you know, he's super anxious, but he's got to take it really slow. He hasn't actually been able to be on the court more than just for some, some set shots since he got back from his mission. But those three guys are going to be a huge part of our future. There's no doubt about it. Coach Mark Pope here on KSL coach between now and, and, uh, the end of September uh, when practices gets fired up, what, what does the schedule look like? I know there's some evaluation periods in there. What, what else is kind of finalizing the roster? I know you noted that, but then also the schedule, how, what are some of the other task items between now and the end of September? Yeah. So we're in week five right now of our eight week session. And so, you know, uh, guys on the court is super important to us. And um, we're, we're, we're learning a lot about a bunch of these guys and, and it's a moving process, but um, so so we're, we're we're really enjoying this time on the court right now. Scheduling, we're close. Uh, we're just uh, fi- having to finalize a couple games on the roster, um, but we're really close to being done there. It's just as um, humbling and terrifying as it is every year. These these non conference schedules, my goodness. And um, and uh, you know we we got a bunch of events and team building that we're trying to do, and and obviously recruiting as always. But uh, it just it's, it's good juice in this gym right now. I love it. Well, Coach, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, again, appreciate all the time. I know you're a busy man. And uh, I was also going to ask, have you had the chance to get your po- Pope's post-game snack ice cream? Pretty good. I tried. I know you like a good treat from the creamery. So here's the thing. I'm on a diet right now. Oh, dang. And the reason I'm on a diet is because I ate like three 
three gallons of that ice cream. It's incredible. The caramel on the, I mean, what? Yes. So good. So I'm going to start breaking that out at, at, uh, at the Tuesday press, press yes, we'll have cookies and ice cream. Let's go. So who's going to be the new cookie person now? Cause Natalie's with the women's basketball team. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, among the other things like <laughs> building the staff has been, uh, super exciting this summer. And so, um, uh, super excited for uh, my EA um, uh, moved on to the coaching side. She took a ops job with the new women's staff, which is a really great move for her. Super excited about that. So um, we, we've kind of honed in on someone. I think we're going to, I think we'll probably announce a hire hopefully here in the next couple of weeks on that. So well, good stuff, coach. Always appreciate the time. It's, it's always a pleasure checking in on, on BYU basketball and it's exciting times. Cougar nation should be really excited. Thanks, Mitch. Appreciate you. There you go. That's BYU head coach Mark Pope. Great stuff there from Coach Pope. Uh, Jackson Robinson, that guy gets the waiver. <sighs> Got to think it's going to be a big-time uh, impact for Robinson. That, that was a huge get, getting Jackson Robinson to begin with. I think his talent could shine at BYU because I think Mark Pope's the type of coach that to give him the the green light to to have a lot of success. I think another big thing too with BYU basketball this year and I always harp on it, but they've got to be able to knock down the three. You look at three-point shooting when BYU goes to the NCAA tournament only once since 2005 was BYU outside the top 100 in three-point shooting on the Ken Palm metrics. They've got to be better at shooting the three. And if they're not they won't be in the dance. Simple as that. But I think they will be better because Rudy Williams, a really good three-point shooter. Noah Waterman's good. He's going to arrive soon, as you heard from Mark Pope. So a lot to be excited again with BYU Hoops. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Cougar Tracks podcast. I hope all of you enjoyed it. Make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Leave a rating and a review. It helps out the show a ton. I'll be back on Friday. No live stream, but there will be a podcast coming up on Friday. I'm heading out to Philly, city of brotherly love. Be out on the East Coast. West Coast Mitch, chilling out East. I'll be back on Pioneer Day with a new edition of Cougar Tracks. So talk to you then here on the Cougar Tracks podcast. And it's always powered by kslsports.com. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.